Hey, Shine Church, we are so glad that you are with us this weekend. Um, we all miss you. Um, I actually found myself um, having a, a deeper appreciation for Paul and his letters and how he opened them and concluded them um, as he just shared his fondness for people that he hadn't seen in a while. And I think we can totally relate to that. And so we just miss you. We miss hugging your neck and seeing you in person. Hey, this weekend, we're going to do something uh, a little different. I'm sure you're very well aware of some of the heightened tension that is happening in our community and in our world today. Um, the truth is we're starting to get a little stir crazy and in the middle of that, we're starting to hear all kinds of truths come out and people are finding themselves um, on, on one side of a pendulum or the other side. And I just want you to know that we are aware of that and we are praying through that and we are trying to do um, what we feel like the Lord is leading us to do in that. And we felt as a teaching team that we could come together as a unified front and actually bring to you what we feel like the Bible is showing us in the midst of these times. Here's what's very interesting to all of us. Um, have any of you heard the word conspiracy theory? <laughs> um, here's, here's what's interesting about that. Um, I've heard from people from Shine Church about a conspiracy theory over here that says all of this has been made up, that this whole thing was created to try to control and uh, manipulate the entire world population. I want you to hear this though. I have also heard the other pendulum and I've actually had a conversation with somebody from Shine Church that actually says that there's a conspiracy theory um, to fabricate facts and truth in order to get us to open up sooner. And here's what we're finding, is that people um, are, are in all kinds of places in this pendulum swing. Here's what I want you to hear. There is only one that has absolute truth. And if you just came to mind, you're wrong. The one that has absolute truth is our Heavenly Father. And when Jesus was on this planet representing him, he taught us this, that he would give us the Holy Spirit in order to lead us, to guide us, and it actually says to help us to understand what is to come. And so I want to encourage you, church, as you listen to each one of these pastors share truth from the Bible about ways that we can respond and, and act during this time, I want you to open your heart, open your mind. Don't get so set and don't get so rigid that you miss an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to come in and to speak to you. As your pastors, we have been called by God to help you go through a time like this. And we would be remiss to not actually have a service like this one addressing the tension and the things that are taking place. But your part in this is you need to open your heart, open your mind to receive from the Lord. There's not a single one of us that has absolute truth. And so no matter what side you find yourself on in the tension that we're facing today, open your heart to receive from him. So Heavenly Father, we come to you right now and we pray that you would uh, use our words. As a teaching team, God, I pray that you by your Holy Spirit would speak to us and through us into the living rooms and the offices, into the cars of people listening. And God, that those who are listening right now would open their minds and their hearts. Holy Spirit, we give you permission to come and speak to us, to direct us, 
and to show us the areas where we're off and to confirm the areas where we're hearing from you. And so, Holy Spirit, do this in us as we hear messages from your word. Lord, we thank you for this in your name. Amen. So, Pastor Janelle, would you kick us off and would you just start by just sharing what God has been doing and showing you as we've been facing and going through these times? Yeah, so I think it's just an exciting time. Um, my heart has really been burning for the truth that we are in a season of divine invitation. And what does that mean? It's an opportunity for all of us to really just take inventory of what's happening in our heart, in our mind, in our spirit, um, in our relationship with the Lord. And some of you may have heard this phrase, but I love this. It's survival versus revival. And where are we finding ourselves? Are we allowing the Lord to revive us and to set us up for the future so that all would know him, that his kingdom would advance? Or are we in this place of survival where it's moment to moment? And we don't ask that in a condemning way by any means, but rather, again, it's just an invitation to look into our hearts and to say, Jesus, I will partner with you in this time that you've set aside and you've allowed me to be able to grow. And so something that I have just felt really convicted by the Holy Spirit over and over again is really this concept of understanding where we're at in space and time with our habits. So we have well-worn paths and thought processes that we will visit again and again and again. And maybe you find yourself in that place of survival where you're thinking, oh, I just cannot wait for this season to end. And maybe you were even saying that in the previous season that we were in. And I think that that's a huge indicator for us in our own hearts and in our minds to be able to say, huh, like I'm, I'm having these same things going around and around and around, and the Lord wants me to advance beyond that. And so I felt like the Lord just showed me this picture of people we basically building a roller coaster ride. And he's trying to lay track for us to go further, um, for more adventure, for more distance to be covered. But when we make that decision to have those same thoughts and that negativity over and over and over again, basically what's happening is we're just circling in that little space of track instead of being able to look into the future, dream with the Lord, and see what he's trying to establish for strength, for health, whatever that may be for each person, but for us to move forward. And so for me, I just kept feeling that conviction, um, not because I, I feel that I can't bring my emotion to the Lord. I actually feel like he invites us into that. But I was reading in 1 John 3, and I got to verse 20, where it says, for if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. And I kept thinking about that as we're walking through these times where emotions are high, stress is high, tensions are high, like Pastor Dan said, God is greater than our heart. So these things where we need change, God is saying, I'm greater than that, and you actually can partner with my spirit to overcome them. And so I just would encourage each and every person with those well-worn paths of, of negativity, of complaining, whatever that may be, we're setting ourselves up for that in the season to come. And God is trying to take those things away, remove them, and strengthen the body of Christ so that we can go further than we ever imagined to be possible. And I just think that that's really exciting. It's good, Jean. I actually uh, recently heard somebody say this. 
that uh, before all of this happened, um, people were complaining about what their normal life looked like. Then we get into this whole situation, and they are complaining about what new normal looks like. And now people, I've actually heard people already say, I don't, I'm already complaining about my new normal, and I don't even know what that looks like. <laughs> and I think that's really, do you know what you said about the difference between uh, revival and survival? Oh, that, that, that's so good. That's so great. Good. Um, I want to share a little bit about what God has been absolutely wrecking me on um, through this time. In James chapter 4, it says this, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. And many years ago, I did a message on the fact that I was trying to wrestle through, God, do you really resist, resist your people? And uh, there was a, a pile of magnets sitting on my desk at the time, and I started playing with them. And uh, if you've ever played with a magnet, you know how they snap together, or if you turn them around, you can't actually even push them together because they just repel. And I felt like the Holy Spirit just spoke to me in that moment and said, hey, uh, it's not that I push people away. It's that when they come to me knowing more than I do, when they come to me with a heart that doesn't listen to the Holy Spirit that I've given, when they've come to me with uh, wanting me to do their agenda, um, it, it, it repels. It repels them off of me because they miss out on the promises that I have for them because they're coming in their own, um, with their own agenda. They come with their own motivation. And what's interesting about that magnet is if you flip it around, um, and you try to put it together, they snap together. And not only do they attract to one another very powerfully, but then the power of the two magnets actually become magnified and they become more magnetic together. And I feel like God has been showing me through this right now that um, there, is, there is a powerful thing that can take place inside of the body of Christ. And I believe it has to happen inside the body of Christ first before it can actually go out into the world. But I believe that what maybe God is asking us to do, and he's asking me personally to do this, is actually to get out of my echo chamber and stop listening to people who agree with me and actually get with other people that have the opposite idea. Because according to those two magnets, when you put the opposite polarities together, they snap together. Can you imagine, church, if we actually came together as people who had a humble heart and came to one another and actually had conversations and say, this is where I'm standing, but I want to hear your position. I want to understand where you're coming from. When we would do that, if we could do that, if two people can come to that, if, that's what I love about our staff is I really feel like we come together and we come with humility and we share our opinions. And what's great about that is what comes out is this incredibly synergistic idea that is so much better than anything that any one of us has. What if, church, God is allowing this to happen to try to take a world that has two such polar differencing opinions and actually trying to get them to actually see one another's opinion so that we could actually click together and become incredibly magnetic and incredibly powerful. Now, for me personally, this is wrecking me because I am finding that I have a ton of pride in simple things like whether I'm going to wear a mask or not. 
I can't tell you how rebellious in my heart I have been about that whole thing. Do I have to wear a mask? I ain't going to wear a mask. I'm going to go in the store, and, and, and I'm just going to show that I don't have to do these things, and that God's my protector, and I'm not going to fear about anything. And God has been showing me that that has been coming from a rebellious heart and not a heart of humility. And that's for me. I'm not projecting that on anybody else, but I'm just here to tell you God is wrecking me in this area. I want to read a quote. Uh, a pastor friend of mine sent this, uh, this devotion to me this week. And I think, uh, man, it is very interesting. Listen to what it says about pride. Hold on. The eyes of the proud are haughty. Literally, they lift up their pupils. They don't look people in the eye to understand and engage them as equals. They look past them to the goals that they have for themselves, for which others are mere instruments and objects. They see others as a means to an end, as dispensers of acclaim, admiration, and other ways to bolster their self-image, pride makes sympathy nearly impossible. Pride keeps us from really noticing people, from putting ourselves in their shoes, from recognizing when they are hurting or unhappy. It keeps us absorbed with our own agenda and needs. By contract, contrast, look at Jesus sighing deeply over the deaf mute in Mark, weeping at the tomb of Lazarus in John, and being our sympathetic high priest in Hebrews chapter 4. Here, here is the one who looks us in the eye with a full ability to enter into our troubles. That's awesome, Dan. Well, I, as I kind of prayed about what... Um, nugget God would have me share uh, to us as a body. I felt like the phrase that came to my mind was trust the toy maker. Trust the toy maker. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, some of you are moms and dads right now that have kids who are playing with Legos, for example. And, you know, after you buy one set, then two, then three, and they end up kind of in a big, uh, you know, Tupperware container or in a big bag or whatever. And all of a sudden, maybe the kids will get them out and dump them all over the floor. And it's kind of like, all right, I think we're going to make like an airplane out of this. And you got to look at the big stag like, okay, I think that's going to happen. Um, but I thought how different that is from when you go to the store and you actually buy a box from Lego, it's sealed. There's probably a bag in here that has everything nightly, nicely packaged together. And there are some instructions in here that tell you step-by-step step exactly how this comes together. And it gives you the full picture of what it can look like, right? I believe that God wants us to know that when it comes to unity in the body of Christ, when it comes to um, speaking to us together, as Pastor Dan was sharing, as we come together humbly and listen to each other, I believe he wants us to have the confidence, not like we're looking at a pile of different Lego pieces, because all of us, you know, kind of coming from all of our different opinions and backgrounds and filters and all that. Sometimes it's like, uh, I think we're going to be able to build whatever it might be, but I'm not really sure. There's probably a few pieces missing. I think God wants us to approach it with the confidence that I would approach this right here saying, I know that the designer, the toy maker, made sure every piece that is needed is in this box. There's instructions. There's a clear path to put it all together, and there's a clear vision of what it can look like. And uh, listen to what Galatians chapter 3 says, beginning with verse 26. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. You all have been united with Christ in baptism and have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, 
for you are all one in Christ Jesus. I believe that when God looks at us and says, you are one, I think he's the toy maker saying, I'm not hoping for that. I'm not wishing for that. I'm not assuming maybe it'll happen. I am the one with the authority to say, you are one. Just like when he looked at Adam and Eve in the garden and said, you are now going to be one flesh. When God decrees something like unity and oneness, he has the power to make it happen. He has the power to pull it off. And so I think as we, you know, do all of these things that we're hearing about of expressing humility, opening our hearts to what God is doing, his invitation to us, I just wanted to add to that. I think he wants us to have that supernatural confidence. I would say that's actually what faith is. It's complete trust in his word. When he says, you are all one in my son Christ Jesus. If we listen to his word and we believe it, and we put our confidence and our trust in that, that's choosing to live by faith. It's not just believing, you know, in God. Like, I believe in God. Jesus actually turned to some people and said, good, so do the demons, right? <laughs> You're in good company. You believe in God. Demons do too. I believe faith is saying, <laughs> believe God. Not just believe in God, but believe God. Believe what he says about his church. I believe he's telling us as we listen to one another, as we come together as we mix that with the holy expectancy and faith that God has said, has said as we come together, we are one. We're going we're gonna to capture glimpses of the heart of Christ, parts of the mind of Christ from one another, and we're going to be able to see Jesus and be confident as we move forward through this. I think we're going to see um, that come alive in our lives. It's amazing how I think if you tie in Janelle's point of the self, kind of self-investigation, and then you have the understanding that we are one, um, it, it, really, it really becomes a miracle um, when the body of Christ actually operates in how it's supposed to operate. Um, and, and I would submit uh, to all of us, um, maybe that's what the world needs to see. <laughs> Is the miracle That's of the a miracle. church actually coming together, not just, just Shine Church, but the local church. The world needs to see the miracle of the body of Christ becoming unified in all of their individual positions. Oh, that was good. Okay. Sorry. Jesus prayed in John 17, Father, may they be one as you and I are one. So to your point, Dan, that's that miracle of God's supernatural unity that wouldn't be possible just with a bunch of us trying to hash it out and, and kind of win an argument. <laughs> and, and wouldn't you say that love would be the binding force yeah. of that? Jesus yeah. said, mm -hmm. too, they'll know that you're my disciples by the love you have for one another. Not, not hatred, not I am so angry, I'm going to do this or do that, but that unity, that balance. So that kind of leads into what the thought I've been thinking about and having lately is this whole idea of balance. And that God is a God of, of, of order. He loves balance. Wouldn't you agree? He loves balance. You can see just the perfection in all that he does. And so when there's imbalance, I think the Lord wants us to recognize that and line up with what he's saying. So I've been thinking a lot about that lately and as I've been praying. And one of the scriptures that I felt the Lord put on my heart that really I think puts some meat on this concept of balance is in 2 Timothy and it's chapter 1 verse 7 and I'm going to read it out of the Amplified 
So I'm going to raise my voice a little bit. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of sound judgment and personal discipline, abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. That's with the amplified version there. And I just thought as I read that, it just really helped me to see that God wants us to be in balance. This scripture says a lot of foundational things that really can help us. For example, he has not given us a spirit of fear. So if I'm moving in fear, I've got to take a step back and go, wow, Lord, I, I know you haven't given me that. So what, what are you saying? It gives me a chance to reflect, right? And I know I've been somewhat fearful at times, uh, uh, during this whole thing, just not quite knowing what's going on here and all these different voices, hearing a lot of different people that are almost really in a place of being terrified almost by what is happening. So I just want to encourage you, God has not given us a spirit of fear. He's given us, though, a spirit of power, his power, based on his power, and love. And that's another grounding truth. Am I, if I am approaching all these different things and these voices that are going on around me, uh, you know, civil disobedience, should we just rebel against the government? You know, whatever the thoughts might be, uh, or are we going to do this, we're going to do that. It's balanced with, wait a minute, uh, am I moving in fear? No, I better stop and take a check in my spirit. Am I moving by the power of the Holy Spirit? Because he's given us that, that power. And am I moving in love? And am I balanced with exactly what you just said, bro, just that whole sense of unity and love and what everyone's been sharing? Am I moving in that way? And is, is this based on wisdom, sound judgment, or just my emotional response to something? There's sound judgment. And so I, I don't know if that helps you guys. I think for me, it's really helped to ground me in this. I was talking with Amy recently, and she was reminding me of this whole concept of... Uh, Fight or flight. You guys have heard that, right? This whole idea of that. And if you look at that, you'll see some things. But I, I really believe that if we take a moment and apply the truth of God's word, like this example in, in, in 2 Timothy, we won't have this fight or flight response. We will have a balanced approach to life, which is based on his love, his power, and sound judgment. So that was my uh, little thought on it. Good word, man. I, I, I totally resonate, Rob, so much with that. I, I think, um, I think that's where abundant life is found, is in instant balance. Yes, amen. I think that's that great. that's where the abundant. You know, Jesus came, um, not just so they can have eternal life, but that we could have abundant life starting even right now. Um, and that abundant life comes in that realization that. In every aspect of our lives, there's probably a balance. There's truth and love. Um, there's uh, justice and forgiveness. There, I, there's, there's a pendulum swing of all of this. And in the middle of this, um, church, pray for us as pastors so that we can uh, know how to pray for you, pray for yourself, that we would all have that life of balance. I, dude, love that, Rob. Ooh, that's so good. I heard a great quote, or I read a great quote this week by Chris Vallotton that said, kind of sums up a little bit what you're saying, Rob, and it's, neither rebellion or fear are great decision makers, 
Wisdom is seldom found in the company of tyrants or cowards. So I think for me, that's just a check like Dan was talking about. There's certain, you know, voices that incite either rebellion in me or fear. And if I was to make a decision in my life based out of one of those, it's, it's probably not going to be a good decision. And so, you know, just I think a lot of this, what I'm finding as I'm going along, and I think a lot of you are getting weary of the battle of the, the just the, the atmosphere is so charged and volatile that I've heard, you know, people are just weary. You know, it doesn't matter which side you're on. I don't think anybody really wants to fight about it. Um, I think one thing, you know, I keep asking the Lord is, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? <laughs> you know? Like, how do you want me to respond? And, um, and he just keeps bringing me back to, it's, it's just an intimate walk with him. He is teaching us right now to be yoked to him and to sit in the counsel of the Lord. And he continually brings me back. Just walk with me. You know, if I, you picture yourself being yoked, you know, like the oxen in the gardens and in the, you know, the fields, they're yoked to each other. Like there's no getting away from it. I don't want to be yoked to anything else but Jesus right now. Amen. And and the, the spirit in the atmosphere right now is, is constantly trying to get us to partner with strife, fear, um, you know, just division, all of those things is, is constantly vying for our attention right now. And I've really heard a lot of people even say this past week, I'm, I'm turning it all off. Like, I can't listen to this anymore. I'm going to tune in to the Lord. And, um, and that's what I've been trying to do as well. And I, I read this in a book. It said, you don't tune a piano to another piano. You use a tuning fork. And so I really feel like the Lord is through this, taking the body of Christ to really tune our hearts, tune our minds, you know, the loop <laughs> that's going on in our brains right now. What are we going to do? Like all of these things, we have to tune in to the voice of God and the word of God. And so, um, you know, just a few things that he's been speaking to me is, you know, it's talking about just the love of God. You know, the all of the commandments are summed up in love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. We can sit here on this team. We do not all have the same convictions about what is happening in our world right now. But if I'm choosing to love the Lord and be pleasing and honoring to him and know that I'm going to give an account for my attitude and how I treat my friends and strangers, then I'm going to have this awareness about me all the time to go, you know, I may feel really strongly about this certain situation or issue, but you know what? I love you, Lord, and I love the people that are around me. And even though we may not agree, how, what's the position of humility that Dan talked about? What's my position to be able to slow things down, not react, but to respond and be a bridge builder and not a bridge burner and be able to, um, ask more questions, not just completely, uh, you know, let my mind run away with assumptions of what people may be saying, but really take that time to slow down and listen to understand and to love each other. Um, I think that is, is really important. So good. <laughs> love should always be our, com our motivator. And so, you know, there's a lot of clanging gongs and you know, resounding symbols and all these things that are, are going on right now. And love 
if we don't have love, it's, it's not going to be fruitful, guys. And so I am, that's where my heart is. Like, I want to be fruitful in this season. I feel like he's trying to show me how to be fruitful. You know, when we walk with him and allow him to speak with us, then we'll be fruitful. And so uh, I really felt like for those of us that feel like we want to fight, like there's things that kind of incite different, like your spirit is stirring and you want to do something. The Lord just keeps telling me this is a spiritual battle. Um, he has not given us like the green light or the go ahead to physically take some action right now as a church. So what do we do? We pray. And he keeps telling me over and over, um, if I want to do something, I need to pray. This battle is being fought on our knees, church, and that is the hugest encouragement that I could give you and myself. I have found myself talking all day long about all of these issues and, and finding myself at the end of the day. I talked all about it, but I didn't even I didn't pray about it. And so I just want to give you guys some encouragement with that, that it's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by the Spirit that we have an opportunity to grow closer with Jesus, hear his heart, discern and declare his heart right now. Pray for our leaders, that the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, that whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven, whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. We have authority as the body of Christ to um, forbid and permit things that are going on in the, in the earth, in our city, in our families, in the world. That um, Jeremiah 1, 9, 10 says, Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth. That's like our mouths. He's touched our mouths. And we have the, the Spirit of God and the Word of God in us. And he says to us, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and to tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. He has appointed us. He's placed us in this city, in our families, in this church for times such as this to tear down what we see the enemies doing, um, to yeah, pull down those strongholds, but also what is God planting? And we've heard some of that in here um, this evening. It, he's, he's building his church. He is planting unity and hope and faith and trust and a persevering uh, church right now. And so... Um, you know, the governor is not our enemy. You go, girl. The person wearing a mask isn't our enemy. The person not wearing a mask is not our enemy. Um, the people on next door are not our enemy. We, we have to know um, if there's something that is inciting you in, in, in your spirit, it's because the enemy is, is here to kill, steal, and destroy. And we don't want to be a part of that camp. We don't want to have anything to do with that. So, um, so we need to pray. We need to pray. When we see those things happen, when we see things that are, you know, that are going on, that we know in our spirit and from the word of God that are not right, as the church, we are called to put voice to that and pray and speak his word and declare his word. So I want to do that right now. Thank you, Jesus. God, we thank you that you have given us the ability to come boldly before your throne of grace. God, we need your grace. Lord, we declare right now that we are dependent, completely dependent, wholly dependent on you, Jesus. Lord, we need you, Lord, as a church, God. We don't want to grieve your Holy Spirit and be in division and discord with our brothers and sisters. God, show us, God, when, we're, when those indicators are screaming in our hearts and our minds, God, to turn to you. And so we turn to you right now, Jesus, and we cry out to you, Lord. God, I ask for your protection. 
Lord, over our church body, Lord, over our marriages, over our children, God, over our city, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we pray for your protection, God. We pray for your heart, Lord, that your words would be in our mouth, God, that we would tear down um, corruption in our government, Lord. We know there's corruption, God, but we also know that there's godly men and women in our nation and in our city, Lord, that are fighting for you and your truth and for us. And God, so we tear down all corruption and darkness that is trying to um, silence your voice, Lord, um, to kill, to steal, and destroy, Lord, to bring sickness and disease and poverty and death over the, the people of this world and in our city, God, in the name of Jesus, Lord. We tear those things down, God. We forbid um, the continuance of this virus and of this discord in the name of Jesus. And God, we pray for unity and strength, God, in the name of Jesus to be on your people, Lord. God, we pray for the peace of God to rule and reign in hearts. Jesus, just as you wept over Jerusalem, Lord, I pray that we would be, be available to you to weep through that you would be able to use us to weep over our city, to weep over our nation and the nations of the world that are going to hell without you, God. That we wouldn't be so stuck on our soapbox with different little issues that are going on. Lord, let us be tuned into your spirit, Lord, and be able to see what's really going on behind the scenes, God, that we would love, that your church, like the banner over us is love, Jesus that we would interact with one another with truly the love of God. It can't be anything of our flesh and of ourselves. Lord, we need your love to be shed abroad in our hearts, Jesus. And we pray for that, Lord. We pray for all those that are sick, God. We pray for healing, deliverance, miracles, God, mighty signs and wonders, Lord, to be done. Lord Jesus, all across this earth, God, that your church would rise up in boldness, Lord, with the Spirit of God and be able to pray and step in and see you moving, Lord, that we would um, be positioning ourselves for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit like we've never seen before. God, that our eyes would be so set on you. God, that we wouldn't miss what you have for us in this season by being so agitated uh, by the atmospheres going around us, God, but that we would be more decided and more influenced by your spirit and what you say than what's going on around us, Lord. And we thank you for that, Jesus. We pray that our economy would recover quickly, Lord. All the economies of the world, Jesus, that there would be um, provision, supernatural provision, Lord, in every sense, in Jesus' name. God, and we look to you and we love you, Lord. We give you all the praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> um, wow. Okay. Um, so just so you know, right before uh, I left to come here, I had to do something before I actually came to the church to participate in this. Uh, my wife looked at me and said, I don't think I'm going to do it. Um, I'm glad you said yes. Yeah. Oh, man, that was so good. Um, okay. So uh, maybe you're wondering, what are we doing? What is Shine Church doing? Um, I just want to quickly let you know, um, this, is, this is what is taking place. We are doing everything we can to reach into a hurting community, including our church. We have physically called every single person in our database. Um, we're probably going to maybe even do another round of those calls just to make a connection um, with you, our church. We are going into our community. We've helped uh, The Rock with a food bank that they got. We're helping the Help and Hope Center. Uh, we actually, as a group of us actually went to an apartment complex, just simply knocked on doors, asked, 
how much rent was, and we paid their rent. We, we are doing things. Or not their rent, but their all right, Sorry, not their rent, their utilities. Uh, um, but uh, we're, we're just doing things to try to reach out and to help uh, in this community. Um, we are trying to give encouraging words to those that are struggling with fear and anxiety and worry. We are trying to come alongside and uh, partner with those that feel like, hey, we need to stand up and be the church. Um, you know what? Historically, we have seen that there has been uh, times where the church has had to stand up. And at times, she has done well. And there are times where she has not done well. Um, we are praying as a staff. What does that look like? We are earnestly going after um, our Heavenly Father and the Holy Spirit to guide us and to lead us in that. Um, as I said, we, as I said, have told you many times, I go to a pastor's group and we pray and we are praying for our community. But one of the things that we're praying in my heart for that group is that there would be unity in the body of Christ and that when it comes or if it comes to a time where we have to stand, there would be unity, not just at Shine Church, but in the church, in the community. And so, we are praying for those things. Um, church, we're asking you to pray for us as we uh, pastor you as the flock. Um, pray for us. We need insight, and we need wisdom, and we need direction. Um, but we are not just blindly, um, how do I say this? We're, we're not just standing here seeing what happens. We're, we're doing, um, we're proactively and actively pursuing God and the things that we have for us. Um, I, anything that you guys want to add to that on that? Okay, so uh, here's how we're going to conclude this weekend's message. I've just asked um, each one of us as a teaching team to give just a quick practical thing that, that we believe the Lord is leading us to give to you so that you can take it into this week and next week um, and, and just apply it into your life. And so, uh, Pastor Janelle, would you, would you start with yours? 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So when we're talking about those well-worn pathways of thought life and setting ourselves up for the season to come, there is not one passive word in that scripture. We demolish, we take hold. And so these are active decisions that we have to make. And maybe something that a lot of us have heard over and over and over again, maybe something that you practice and maybe something that you don't. When you are having um, repetitive thoughts that are negative, frustrations, whatever that may be, write them down. Take the time and the intentionality to just write it down and refute those things. And if you don't have time or you're not in a place where you can do that, even make the decision to just speak out loud what the truth is. We want to recognize what the seeds are of things that we don't want to be planted in our hearts and minds and in our lives and in our families and our communities. And we want to actively plant the seeds of things that God is actually saying this is what, like what Pastor Kim was saying, the fruit that we want to see in our lives. So what are those seeds that we want to see? Let's speak truth over ourselves. Let's speak truth over our families and just be really intentional to do those things and to take the time, even if it feels unnatural to do so. I think for me, a really small baby step was even just thinking, instead of saying this frustration out loud, 
I'm going to think it and I'm going to commit it to the Lord, but I'm not actually even going to let it come out into the open air because I don't want to give it life. Our words have power. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And so just really simple and basic things, but they will make a world of difference. James 3, uh, 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy or selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and evil and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. And so I uh, hope that what you will take away um, or maybe apply this week is this. In whatever conversation you have, in whatever you are doing, will you just ask yourself this simple question? Is what I'm saying or is what I'm doing coming from a root of pride or a root of humility? And I believe that if we will ask that question, the Holy Spirit will be very quick to show us what the path of humility is versus the path of what our maybe our self-righteousness or what our pride would say. And so ask that question in everything that you're doing, in every conversation that you have, is this coming from a root of pride or the root of humility? And only do the things where you can say, this is coming from humility. That's good, Dan. I think um, when it comes to trusting the toy maker and truly trusting that he has put us together to be one for a purpose, I think something fun that maybe some of us might choose to do is kind of go on a scavenger hunt, but it's just a one-item hunt. And that is for a perspective or a reflection of Jesus that we might not have thought of on a given topic, right? So if we're reading something online, social media articles, whatever's going on in our thought life, maybe engaging someone else in the body of Christ, someone that we know has been called to be uh, in that same body unified with us. And, and if we have to have two or three conversations, keep just checking with different people to say, what do you think about this? Or how does that resonate in your spirit? Or have you heard about this? And, and listen for a new perspective, something that truly reflects Jesus in a way that we haven't already thought of, and write that down. And make note, wow, Lord, thank you for enriching me through my brother or through my sister. So good. I think a practical little takeaway from what I was sharing earlier is this right before Paul says this the verse that I read that God has not given us a spirit of timidity but of power and love and of discipline he says something very incredible he says for this reason I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God within you and I think a practical thing for me is to simply ask the Lord Lord kindle afresh the gifts you've given me if 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 there's something inside of you that might be apathetic. I know I've been struggling with some of that myself, just this apathetic sense of what's going on, what the heck. Ask the Lord to kindle afresh the gifts he's given you and then run a dis your decisions, run our decisions 
through this type of filter. The truth is he's not giving me a spirit of fear. Remind yourself of that. And remind yourself that he's given you a spirit of power, which is from him, his Holy Spirit, and that he has also given you his love and sound judgment. So run a decision. If you're going to decide to do something for yourself as an individual, your family, or as a business, whatever, run it through that filter. That's good. My little action point is that scripture that says, let the meditation of my heart and the words of my mouth be pleasing unto the Lord. So is what I am doing and saying, pleasing you, Lord, is what I'm doing, bringing you glory. If not, Lord, then I need you to speak to it and show me then what's going on in me so that I can repent and get back on track and pray. That's, that's it. I'm going to add a bonus one because I have the mic. Uh, here's, here's what I would love um, you to do, Shine Church. Don't send anything. Don't um, try to present anything without bathing it in prayer first. Um, I'm amazed at how many videos have been sent my way and how many things that I have actually spent 25 minutes, 35 minutes, 45 minutes to watch, and then I haven't spent any time actually praying. And so pray before you say anything. Pray before you send anything. And when you do, make sure that there's biblical backing to what you're sending out. Because I think if we do that, um, the unity of the body of Christ can just, can just be nurtured and um, be edified in that. And so uh, we love you. We pray that you have an incredible weekend and an amazing week. May this be a week of peace and blessing and not tension and, and fear or anxiety or frustration. We love you. We miss you. We'll see you later. <laughs>